Drinking night. With a movie problem. I'm, I'm Matt. Laura. Ah, I beat you. You beat me. I win this time. Tonight we watched... Uh, Duel. Duel. Yeah. So, oh, and we might also talk a little bit about American, American. Graffiti, just as sort of like a Spielberg yeah. Lucas. There's, yeah, there's a lot of overlap here. This is Spielberg's second movie. Um, and then like maybe a month ago, we watched American Graffiti and, and did not uh, podcast on it. Yeah. But they're both like 1971 and 1973, respectively, early films by people who became big time directors and really car focused. But in the American and the California desert. Well, one's in the California desert. The one, the other one's in like kind of small, small town America. Really? Like, well, well, it's, it's, I totally it, thought that was like small town California. Well, maybe small town California, but it's Which not. I, but I guess you're right in that it can you could see a lot more of that in other towns as opposed to specifically desert. Yeah, like because because dual dual got a lot out of the isolation and emptiness of the open road. Yeah, like the the. What happened in Duel would have been impossible in American Graffiti because it was all these teenagers just yeah. driving up and down the road. There were thousands, there were, you know, hundreds of people all around seeing and being seen. Yeah. Yeah. Being teenagers. Yeah. So why was it called Duel? Uh, it didn't seem very balanced. Yeah, it, it was much more of like a hunt. Yeah. I guess for context, for people who haven't yes. seen this movie. Yeah, it's, you know, a, what is it? David Mann, a California Vietnam War vet and businessman with a, I guess it seems like an unhappy marriage. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the only snippet we could, we only got like a minute of yeah. dialogue with the marriage and she's, yeah. he, he passes a, uh, an old giant tanker truck and the giant tanker truck driver takes exception to that and then pursues him through the California minutes. desert for 90 minutes trying to murder him. Like, you know, passing at first, he just seems like a jerk kind of passing him and cutting him off and stuff. But then it escalates into trying to run him off the road, ramming him from behind, trying to push him from behind into, into a, a train. train like. Trying to run him over when he's inside a phone we'll call, booth. Call, he may, yeah, David tries to call the police and the truck just plows through the phone booth. It's a really simple story. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, culminating in this head-to-head -head collision on a cliff where David sets his car, uh, uses the briefcase to brace the gas tank and then smashes his car into the truck and then the truck goes over the cliff I'm surprised it had such a spectacular ending. Yeah. That's exactly the kind of movie that I thought was A, low budget enough and B, mm -hmm. indie enough to just sort of be existential in that like, and then oh. you just never saw the truck again. No. Oh, yeah. I, I thought about that. I thought about that. And I, I almost wonder if they had trouble because, yeah, the... I thought about the ending of like, what if he drives past and the truck just stops harassing him? And this is just like... a. A out there yeah because they have these no believe them well they have these little snippets of like the cold uncaringness of society right mm -hmm. like like that that nobody like at one point david pulls over at a cafe and everybody seems to view him as the weirdo and the mm -hmm. problem no one believes him when he says someone's trying to kill him he like confronts two different people both of whom are not the right guy 
Um, and they make a big deal of like in this in this population of average American truck stop drivers, you can't tell who the monster is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and and they they make a lot of that. And then later he has the uh, bus driver who doesn't believe him. He has the uh, the older couple mm-hmm. that pull over, start to help, but the moment he tries to talk to them, the wife gets really uncomfortable and just basically starts telling the husband to leave him. Yeah. Uh, and and he ends up getting abandoned by them. So like in a, in a, if if this were an indie movie that were like trying to make a statement about like society doesn't care about you, the truck could be society and then at one point it just like drives off, right? And this this horrible traumatic thing happens to him and no and one cares. No, no there's one cares. no witness. There's no resolution and yeah. then he gets back to his wife and civilization no one believes and him. no one believes him. Yeah, he loses his account, all this stuff. Like you the uh, the other thing that I thought of while we were watching this was like the nihilist ending. Like, I wonder if at some point he's going to lose control of this car. He's frantically trying to mm-hmm. get to drive to get away. And then he goes into a cliffside, dies in the car accident. And then your last shot is the truck just rolling off past his wreck and into the distance, mm-hmm. never to be caught or, you know, like, again, like. The, or the sort of taking things into your own hands. If if he crashes his own car himself, it's like I'm not giving the truck the victory of having killed me. That was one interesting thing of like the there was a moment where he approached the truck on foot. Yeah. And the truck drove like the truck drove just, away just far enough and then stopped. And on the one hand, that gave you this sense of powerlessness of like you can't chase the truck down. The truck can always just go just far enough away and wait for him to get in the car again. But it also kind of, if you wanted to write, if you wanted to rewrite this again into a different kind of, of film, you've also revealed that there is a weakness that the, the, the driver did not, the truck driver did not get out and, and, and confront him personally. That's a thing that the truck driver doesn't want to do. And that could be a lever that you could, that, you know, if you wanted to, to to take this film in a different way, having him leverage that somehow against the uh, against the truck driver, lots of ways it could have gone. Well, it's yeah. also interesting in that the truck driver had no qualms about running him over, but he did have qualms about like the guy slowly walking up next to him. Yeah, yeah, like it. it... So it wasn't like I need to kill you in your car. Mm-hmm. It was pretty interesting seeing it slowly unfold of just sort of like. Because you go in having absolutely no idea what this movie is. We mm-hmm. read no synopses. Yeah, all, all we knew was like, that it was going to leave Criterion Channel at the end of the month. Yeah. And we just were flipping through, well, what what are we losing? And then yeah. it's like, what's that? Oh, this is like Steven Spielberg's second movie. So, yeah, fired it up. But, but I had no idea man, what we were getting oh, into. Man, the and the watching the two cars crash was a spectacular yeah. finish, Espe- though. Especially with this being Spielberg's second film, they I didn't was like, have Holy more cow, of those how do you cars. Have that budget, budget, yeah. They had one car. They yep. had one of each, and that was it. Yep, that was impressive. Yeah, and the the camera work was brilliant. Like I loved the tracking shots or the 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 uh, all of the various POV shots that we started with from his car uh, from mm-hmm. David's car driving through the city. Yeah, like. And the POV shots is like in the very beginning when he's trying to pass the car and you're like, please don't have another car in the other direction. Please don't have another car in the other direction. Like it's very, very effective. And it's interesting because it's a because he's in the seat of his car the whole time and you're there with him. It it has almost a game like aspect Mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. 
Because in the same way that there's not that much of a difference between a guy sitting in his car and having this play out in front of him versus you on your couch and that play yeah. out on front yeah. in front of you. It's not like you're watching people actually running through the d- desert. Yeah, yeah. And it's just so weirdly relatable in that, like, how oh, many road yeah. trips have you taken? Mm-hmm. And and. You know, not spent them thinking about, oh, what if someone started chasing me in this isolated place? But you can you can very quickly process once you're watching this play out of like, oh, man, yeah, you are really isolated on that highway. And he did everything, everything. There wasn't a moment in there where I'm just like, well, why don't we just X, Y or Z? Like he tried everything. The only thing I could think of is like trying to buy a gun off of one of these roadside people. Like that's this is one of those films that like, you know, that the the absence of that really uh, uh, was important because like. If he'd managed to get a hold of a handgun, I mean, that 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 fundamentally alters the outcome of the film. If he could get a shot. I mean. I'm not saying he that has he has in a truck. Yeah. But I mean, you couldn't even see him. You never that, even saw him. I'm not, him propo- the I'm, I'm not, time. no, you did. You saw him like wave his, his arm a couple of times. That's you true. saw him, you could still, you he never saw, you never got a, seat. you never got a good look at his face. That was one of the interesting questions. Which made it so much more effective. Well, and one of the interesting questions that I think in a different rewrite of this film that you could have done also was you saw the truck interact with other things. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the truck pushed the school bus. The truck moved the... Um, you had the... Uh, or scared off the older couple, smashed the little old lady's house. Uh, of, you know, the, the snake lady's uh, mm-hmm. snake pen. So, so the truck interacted with what would appear to be, unless all of that are figments of his imagination, you have like yeah. external witnesses to the truck's existence. Yeah. And I think a rewrite of that film where you deny... The audience, though, that external validation that the truck is real yeah. could also be a make for a really interesting film because you've got this guy that I mean, he describes how, you know, this thing happens and all of a sudden he's back in the jungle. You have other people commenting on that. He seems crazy and this kind of descent into paranoia Madness. looking for the yeah. truck. Like, so there, 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 I think there's a there's another there's another rewrite of this where where you, you leave open the question of what the truck is even real. Yep. But it certainly was in this draft of it at the very least. And you're right about the cinematography. A lot of wide angle lenses Mm -hmm. to be able to just capture the truck and just show the scale of the truck. Yeah, they did a really good um, kind of the uh, ancestor of that long opening shot from the second Aliens movie where you pan across the the surface of the spaceship that's slowly moving past the camera. You, you, they, they do that to, to introduce the truck and it's very disorienting and large and intimidating and, and, and it's got flammable on the back and huge words. Yes. So it's just, huge. it's, it's extreme. I'm going to say that they cast the truck very, very well. Yes. Yes. This truck with like, had like eight different license plates. Yeah. I don't know what that was. I don't know. It was weird. No. It was weird. Mm-hmm. I'm still not quite sure why they call the movie Duel mm-hmm. because it was very predatory. You know, yeah, you could just as easily have called it Hunted. Yeah. Or something like that because it's much more has this feeling of David being hunted across the, the desert and trying to survive as opposed to this like... I'm just surprised at how simple of a story kept you fully engaged for 90 minutes. Yeah. 
No plot twists. Yeah, nope. Truck's still trying to kill him. Yep. No, that's it. That's the whole movie. Yeah. And even there's not even a twist at the end. It's like this very straightforward yeah. ram the truck with your car. I was wondering if like, there was going to be a twist, but and, no. And, and then the truck, it, it, and to your point about the one-sidedness of the battle, it wasn't even that his car knocked the truck in any appreciable way. All it did was obscure the truck driver's vision such that he drove himself off the cliff. Like, that's how powerless David was in this whole encounter. Yeah. Man, David carried the movie. Yeah. I mean, well, he was the only... Not the only guy on screen, but basically, like, most of the dialogue was him monologuing to himself. Yeah, that was funny. Do you think it needed that? Um, yeah, I don't think so, to be honest. I think a lot of the, the panic stuff you could have gotten without thoughts of just him saying things to himself, like, come on, come on, come on. Um, the radiator hose coming back. Yeah, yeah. You there could was... have displayed that with a little icon, like a radiator hose icon. I don't think you even needed to do that, because you saw the... The temperature gauge pop up. All yeah. of a sudden, the car starts smoking. Um, you've twice already had other people comment that it, about his radiator hose. So you don't like, or I don't know. I felt like that was that that felt like a line when when uh, when when all of that happens, the car starts overheating, smoke comes flying mm -hmm. out of it, and then you have this monologue internal monologue of david thinking oh no the radiator hose yeah like that felt to me like a like an edit by a writer who's afraid that the audience won't get what's going on that's fair yeah yeah i found Confiance. it unnecessary yeah the dad the the voiceover was not necessary mm -hmm. do you think that the phone call with his wife was necessary because I, I was wondering if that was going to come back in the end and you could just completely lift that out and it wouldn't have changed anything. Yeah, no, it, it, it really didn't because like there was no, the the call with his wife was just this, I want to call you and say, I'm sorry. And then his wife's like, I don't want to talk about it. And then basically all you get is that some guy at a party seems to have gotten inappropriately handsy. handsy with her. Yeah. Um, and, and david didn't fight the guy and and or i guess maybe he didn't, didn't maybe he didn't even say that. yeah maybe he didn't even say anything i don't know uh, i guess that that's another thing that they play with a little bit and i guess this goes to that conversation it ties in with other interactions that kind of center around david's helplessness mm -hmm. like you have that conversation you have him getting just totally beat up and dunked on in the uh, in the cafe when he when when he tries to confront one guy, and then you have really the, uh, this very emasculating. His car can't move the the broken down school bus, and all the kids are kind of making fun of him. Yeah, and oh, and even within that scene, the kids don't the kids sit on his car. Yeah. And he ignore him when he tells them to get off. And yeah. then the moment mm -hmm. the bus driver speaks, the he kids can... obey. Yeah. And get off the car. Yeah. Like it There's definitely a lot of powerlessness and that's yeah. sort of thematically present throughout this entire yeah. movie. Both at the diner when he tries to confront the guy and everyone yeah. else just sort of bullies up on him. Yeah. Gangs up on him. Yeah. 
you you mentioned that I, I looked down at your notes and saw that Vietnam War vet was like a note that you made. Is that something where you're kind of connecting dots there? Of like I, that sort was of a, a taxi driver, like Vietnam War vets are always like in the war, they always felt like they were being pursued and hunted. And now that they're coming back to classic America, they're having trouble adapting and not feel not constantly facing some PS, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD sort of stuff. Yeah, no, I had a, I I put that note when he mentions in a throwaway line that like the something to the effect of this truck comes after you and all of a sudden you're back in the jungle mm-hmm. and and which clearly keyed the audience into the fact that this guy was in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. But I wrote that down at the time thinking as a data point to see if it connected to other things and kind oh, of like, like the con- yeah and kind of oh, like yeah, the conversation with the wife it didn't really well it didn't it didn't connect with anything plot wise but I could see how you could kind of tie it together in the same way you've got like mm-hmm. the taxi driver yeah like what it means to be a man in a world that what it means to be a hero in a world where there where there are no heroes like what it means to kind of be facing PTSD especially because again you have so people don't believe them yeah yeah people they don't believe the danger that he sincerely believes himself to be in and Mm -hmm. you as the audience because you've been through it with him do believe it and understand it especially once it gets very very clear with the phone booth trying to push the car into the moving train and then ultimately at the end when the car just legit just like the truck just smashes straight into the car he's not playing chicken he's not just trying to scare him he's legit trying to murder him yeah yeah. I will say it's a more powerful movie by never showing the truck driver. Oh, but you know he was also human because you saw the arm a couple times. Yeah. And you knew that he was dead at the end because the blood was dripping. Dripping on the steering wheel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's another alternate cut of that that like of... You know, getting out of the car. No, of, of what I'm thinking is the, the car is... The truck is smashed at the bottom of the valley along with his car. And, he's, and David is sitting there laughing, weeping because this threat has passed and then he gets up turns and a different and you get the same truck right if they'd have the budget to have two of these trucks is is just sitting there by the gate that the you know the the uh, to to the you know i like that because my first thought was like you hear the click of like a loaded gun but i think you're right it'd be better if it was a truck but like they would have had the budget for that because you don't need a second truck all you need is like to film that before before you send it over the cliff yeah that's true yeah, and that ah, would have been horrifying. Yeah. Again, but, but it, it depends on how supernatural, psychological you want to make the truck. But but yeah, it's it's, it's definitely an option. It's interesting how you can kind of see this as like part mm-hmm. of the '70s movie zeitgeist of just yeah. basically taking a very real approach mm-hmm. to filmmaking, where it really is. If you're looking at this in contrast to like the romantic musicals. Mm-hmm. Of the sixties, yeah. Of Hello Dolly, <laughs> and you're looking at this. You can see how this was part of the vehicle, ha! Ah. the vehicle of, that really just started to mm-hmm. drive cinema culture in the 1970s. Ah, drive cinema culture, see, right? You're clever. Pretty good. I like you. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, other things. I love what they did with the with the horn. They very much managed to make the truck feel alive mm. and feel like this menacing, almost like a bear pursuing him through the war, like an like angry bull elephant. Like mm. it was like a living hostile creature. Yeah. The truck very much 
felt alive and they accomplished that really really well with how they shot it the sound design i think you're right about that i think a lot of that came down to just like when and how unsettling that and it's weird in that like there were a couple jump scares but it wasn't like jump around from the corner and boo it's like this horrible mm-hmm. like you turn the corner and he's there yep. and he's back and he's waiting for you yeah and it, it, it's more you always see the truck in the distance but that inevitability yeah and they ha- I think they also did a really good job with the sound design when it came to conveying how fast each of the cars were going. Mm-hmm. So when the truck was facing like hills, y- the sound of the motor went down because it was like not trying that hard. But then when they were on the open stretch and the, the truck was trying to really just like ram into him, it yeah. really they really amplified how loud the motor was to mm-hmm. convey the and the how hard the motor was working yeah which was pretty cool yeah yeah top-notch thriller like yeah very simple premise but really well shot really well really well crafted and put together yeah 